podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. I'm Trey Strolko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banneret. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, how are you? I'm doing good, Trace. I'm glad you're back. I know you had a hectic time getting in Manhattan, covering the football game, and then hanging out and, and hooking up Taylor Swift with Travis Kelsey in Kansas City. <laughs> you look right on the suite there. <laughs> yeah, I did not stick around for that uh, Chiefs game. I missed all of the action. Before we get going and discussing a UCF's trip to Kansas, let's welcome in Adam Eaton from the Suns of UCF. He'll be keeping us on our toes and keeping an eye on the clock. Adam, hello. Greetings, gents. I'm already sick of Travis and Taylor. It's only been one day. What's their nickname? I don't care. Wow, Adam is just ready. He's ready. Oh, boy. This is what happens. This is, you know, what happens when we're coming off a loss. You know, Adam's very grumpy. All right, grumpy Adam. We'll see you in a few. All right, Elo. Kansas State, 44. UCF, 31. Knights suffered their first loss, first Big 12 loss in a road game in Manhattan, Kansas. We have been starting off positive these last few weeks with the what went right. We go right at it with Elo. What went wrong? Name one. Well, let's start with the fact that up up uh, front, they got beat up. Kansas State offensive line just had their way with UCF's defensive line. Right from the first possession, Kansas State just drove right down the field. They made their running back look like, you know, Darren Sproyles type, like Barry Sanders ass. They ran over 200 yards. Uh, Will Howard, who we wondered if he was even going to play, had all day to throw. It just, you know, I was, defensive line just didn't show up, got manhandled, and it showed, Trace. That was one of the many things. Well, we went into this game talking about the play along the lines. I will say equally, offensive line struggled. Uh, it was a coach, Gus Malzahn, was pretty upset after the game again during his Monday presser saying they had 280, 300 yards rushing. UCF had 140 Asked during the Monday presser about uh, the lack of a consistent running game, especially in the second half. He said, well, we got behind. We had to throw the ball. They were they were right in the mix in this game for quite a while, right? They were in it uh, in the lead in the third quarter. So uh, they, they did not effectively run the ball. And he pointed out uh, the offensive line as well. So big boy football in the Big 12, tests along the offensive and defensive line. And UCF did not fare as well as Kansas State. No, they didn't, and they're going to have to run the ball better if they want to be successful moving forward in the league. I have to do something I have not done, and I don't know how many episodes we've done about this on Around the Kingdom, and that is give you a, a credit, Trace. You have harped about penalties and dumb penalties, and that was evident in this game with UCF. Just costly, timely uh, you know, penalties, and I don't focus as much on how many penalties because I think pe- – not every penalty is the same. You know, if a defensive back gets beat, he has to hold a, a receiver to make sure he doesn't give up a touchdown. That's okay. But some of the penalties, just just head-scratching, Trace. You can't do that. You can't beat yourself uh, and think you're going to win in this conference on the road. And players talked about the level of play in the Big 12. You can't make mistakes. You mentioned penalties. Turnovers as well, a factor in this, just a head-scratching interception by Timmy McLean and the, the fumble by R.J. Harvey. You cannot turn the ball over in a hostile road environment. Combine that with the 10 penalties. Let me throw one more in before tossing back to you. Some of the decision-making by Timmy McLean. Throw the ball away. Throw it into the ground. Get out of bounds. Some decision-making on the part of Timmy McLean. What about you? 
I agree with that. A lot of people are saying, well, it was his first start at that environment. The guy's got experience starting at quarterback, which is rare in college football to have a backup that does that. To me, just play smarter. That was the biggest disappointment. I can accept defeat, but when you beat yourself and contribute to that loss, it's just very frustrating. Very frustrating, Trace. Uh, all right, well, let's continue the uh, positive negativity on this program. That we <laughs> positive negativity, I like that. That's term. right. Go, well, Adam set the tone early. Uh, Trace, who do we blame more in for this loss? Is it the offense or the defense? Team loss, but if you make me choose between the two, and maybe we're going to agree on this, right? Uh, when the offense scores 31, they'll mind you. That was a garbage time touchdown uh, with just a couple of seconds remaining on the clock. Defense gives up 44. Uh, it gave up, I mean, the, the, the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week, what's his name, uh, DJ Giddens, is still running, right? Uh, he had all-purpose yardage, both receiving, rushing the four touchdowns. Defense wasn't stopping him. Uh, really didn't put any pressure on Kansas State's quarterback. This one I, I lay at the foot of the defense. I will reluctant. I would agree because that we thought the defense, especially up front, can hold up. And Kansas State, look, Will Howard was kind of not 100%. It didn't show the way he played. But he was not – like he wasn't running as much as he usually does. That's the thing that's even more disappointing. Imagine if Kansas State was at full strength. Uh, that That would have been even more frightening. To offense, Timmy McLean is definitely a, a drop-off from John Rice Plumley. I think you expected that. The 31 points is what it is. They may contribute it. But, yeah, I agree. The defense has to make plays. The linebackers trades. Woo! Man, we they, they had a long day. Uh, I made this comment after the game. We talk about all these transfers departing in the quarterback room and all that. Think about the linebackers that we've lost. That we've re- I mean, we, we still got some work to do in that linebacking core. Hey, Kansas State exposed them there. Well, and it's interesting after four games, right, when you start to think about the portal, the transfer portal, some guys that have been MIA have not been able to crack the starting uh, lineup, right, uh, and some high-profile names. And at linebacker, those guys still not having opportunity to make meaningful uh, minutes for this team. I, I want to go back to something you said about Timmy McClain, and I know it's a question that's been bounced around. Would the outcome have been different with John Rice Plumley? Some of the way the game was played, may have been different. I'm not sure he completes those deep balls. Uh, we saw a strong arm from Timmy McLean on those deep balls. Uh, I'm not sure you get those. No, that's fair. I think give give Timmy credit. I think he throws a nice long uh, uh, deep ball better than Plumley. However, I think Plumley's a better runner. I think the running game would have been still more of a factor in the second half if Plumley is in the game. And as a result, I think it's a closer game. I still think Kansas State wins because I don't think the defense ever – I think Kansas State really, the only time they stopped themselves – they really stopped themselves. I don't remember UCF really feeling confident they could stop them. But I do think Plumlee makes this a closer game. Well, again, I go back to what I said at the outset. Team loss, both sides of the ball, sure. the mistakes, the penalties, the turnovers. There's really no surprise why they come out of Manhattan, Kansas. With the loss, their first in Big 12 play – uh, and the question then, as we transition, Elo, is this just a blip? They are going to the defending Big 12 champions, uh, or is this a sign of things to come in the Knights' uh, first season in the Big 12? All newcomers, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, losing in their Big 12 matchups in this uh, week of the season. So blip on the radar, tough environment on the road, the mistakes, the, the, the cost them, or did you see some things that may be a sign of trouble to come? 
I do think this is still just a blimp in part because of the schedule. Baylor's got a ton of issues at home uh, right now with their football team. Your Red Raiders just lost their starting quarterback, Trace, with a broken fibula for six to eight weeks. That was announced Monday. I think they're going to struggle in Lubbock. I think that's actually an easier game now for UCF moving forward. Oklahoma State has no quarterback. So I think the schedule will be softer. I mean, you can make the case that Kansas State's the third best team in the Big 12. I'll listen to that. I will share, though, this concern. Because I said they could win eight, nine games before the season. I had Kansas as a win before the season. I'm not sure they win at Kansas now because I think Kansas is a better offense than Kansas State. They certainly have a better quarterback, and they've got a very good coach. And if UCF continues to beat themselves and not play smart, they may drop a couple of those games that I thought would be victory. So hopefully those mistakes are a aberration and not a trend. If it's a trend, we're, we're in for a problem. But And also we don't know when John Rice Plumley's getting back. I know Gus said on Monday he's ahead of schedule, whatever that you know, which is good, I guess. But, yeah, no, there, there's concerns. But I'm going to say blimp still. Still a blimp. Well, you know, on that point about the return of John Rice Plumley, I don't want to get into this. We'll see a couple more weeks before we start to have quarterback controversy talks. Uh, you know, if Timmy had gone to Manhattan and gotten the win, I'd like to see what his record is. But you certainly get the feeling uh, Gus is all in on the return of John Rice Plumley, no matter what Timmy McLean does. But Timmy can make that a little bit more challenging with wins, especially coming up against Baylor. I want to split the difference on this one. I, I do think it was that hostile road environment, that first Big 12 test, uh, and there, there was a recipe there for where they might stumble. But I think there are some things, as much as Gus wants to say, things are correctable, okay, such as penalties, such as turnovers, except we've been seeing penalties. It just didn't cost you against Villanova. It didn't cost you against Kent State. We have seen turnovers. Uh, so is it going to be corrected. And I think some of the deficiencies that they tried to mask through the transfer portal, such as at linebacker, I don't know who else are they bringing in. They've jiggered the offensive line. Gus saying uh, during his Monday presser uh, that, you know, this is as deep into the season without a consistent starting offensive line. So they're, they're trying to find the pieces there. But if they had the answers at linebacker, they would have those guys in there, right? So I don't know that they're going to find those answers, though the schedule does help. No, you're right. There's flaws. But again, I think the schedule is doable. And hopefully we'll get we're gonna get a better idea this Saturday at home against Baylor. If we see some of these same things, Trace, then it's cause for concern at that point. But let uh, what, what? we're getting negative here. My goodness. This is for you know first part of the show. It's been just we've lost all the audience. Everybody's gone. Everybody's Too much negativity. Good. Let's turn this around. Trace, you were in Manhattan, Kansas. Give us some positives. You were there. Positives, what you saw from the team, and positives from, you know, your trip. Let me start with the latter. A positive game day experience. I think UCF fans uh, could learn a thing or two from a seasoned group of fans that uh, come out to support their team. Very positive, very welcoming to Manhattan, Kansas. Entire game day atmosphere and environment. Gus mentioned during his Monday presser, probably the best environment. Mind you, it was raucous and loud when UCF played up in Cincinnati, but there's something about a university, by the way, when you pass, it says founded in 1863, 100 years before UCF. Uh, they've been playing football a long time and they like their sports and great game day atmosphere. On the field, wide receiver Kobe Hudson, who spoke to the media Monday, uh, another big game, uh, big catches. Uh, he was certainly a go-to uh, for Timmy McLean in this one. So uh, a kudos uh, to him uh, for a big game day performance against Kansas State. 
Jacoby on pace for, I think, 1,400 mm -hmm. yards receiving at this point. I think the positive, you mentioned this earlier, Timmy McClain can throw a good deep ball. Mm -hmm. And I think Timmy McClain will get will be better, especially at home. Uh, I think there's some things he, he will improve on and learn from, and I think that that, that will be a big positive uh, overall offensively. And I like the fact that there's some big playmaking there. Uh, Townsend was involved. Rick, you know, they're, they're – they, I like too Darren Hinshaw some of that you know play calling you know the hook and ladder you know the play flicker for the touchdown was beautifully designed there was a screen pass for the touch I, I there were positives there that they did very well that I think they can build on especially at home I think that is something that I felt encouraged about yeah let me carry that on we mentioned Timmy McLean and their performance on the road this was still a team that was in this game with not for the self-inflicted wounds and you give Kansas State credit for creating problems as well but they're a good team and I think fans bought into the hopium a little bit after the 3-0 and start I know you're critical of the schedule I still think you need games like Kent State and Villanova to to help you gel as a team and they did have the challenge on the road at Boise State I don't think they were intimidated by that game day atmosphere. By the way, great environment with the students, uh, their student section right behind the UCF bench, and, and they were loud and, and heckling of UCF. So I think for a while, uh, UCF showed that they could play in the Big 12. If not for those mistakes, this might have been a bit of a different outcome, no matter who was at quarterback. But you can't make those sorts of mistakes. So I, I give them credit for being in this game, but you said it at the outset, no moral victories, right? That might've worked when you lost there in 2010 uh, playing close, by the way, uh, 13 years later, outcome worse. Wow. Would you go back to Manhattan? Would you, would you recommend if, if you had a chance, would you go back? Yes. To go yes. I know fans circled Boise state, Oklahoma, <gasps> good game day experience, good bar scene, uh, good tailgating, good time all around. That's good to know. There we go. You heard it there from trace. Or All right, but you've mentioned home, bounce house, yes. Baylor. It's a celebration of that team that won the Fiesta Bowl over Baylor. UCF 1-0 all-time against the Baylor Bears. This is a Baylor team that is reeling 1-3, decisive loss to Texas. Uh, UCF established, uh, what, nine, nine-and-a-half-point favorite at the outset. Uh, this is an opportunity to get your first Big 12 win in what was long ago a sold-out bounce house. It's a must-have. It's a must-have because you Baylor's got a lot of issues. They got blown out by Texas. I mean, they, they've had some injuries. They've got issues at quarterback. I think some fans have turned on Dave Aranda. They're, they're, they're struggling. You're UCF. you got to win this game because if you do, if you do not win this game, Trace, you got to go to Kansas, okay? Then you got Oklahoma on the road after a bye. What I'm saying, if you lose this game, Trace, this could start to unravel. That's the difference. When you're in these type of leagues like the Big 12, and it, it can unravel like that. It's not like the America where you could suffer a loss and you know you got a couple of gimmies. This is a game you got to have it. This crowd should be electric, 3.30. I don't want to hear excuses. It's a great tip uh, kick time. Tip, tip time. I'm <laughs> uh, thinking of it splurts. Uh, you know, the broadcasters, well, maybe they won't be there. But still. Are, are uh, they planning? Do we know yet if the broadcast crew is at this game? It's on no, FS1. No, right? it's FS1, FS1, and it's this. It's the unofficial UCF broadcast team of FS1 of Eric Collins <laughs> and, 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 and his boy there, Gardner. They're back doing the UCF Baylor game. They've done every FS1 game. My goodness. I don't know what the story is there. They should know UCF very well by now. They should have the pronunciations down for all the names, right? They should be comfortable. I don't, I don't know with if they have all the bounce house down since they haven't actually been in the stadium yet. But 
Look, this is the game, uh, Trace. Would you not? I mean, you were in Manhattan, so maybe it was different for you. For me, it, it really hasn't hit that they're in the Big 12 because that was a road game at Kent State. I think it'll hit for a lot of people this Saturday. This is the game that fans will remember for the next 20, 30 years. Kind of like we still talk about the Texas game in 2007. And it has to be a win. I don't want to know what the mood will be like if it's a loss. They need to win this game because I think this is the game that people will remember down the road. I like you, Eric Lopez, putting it as a must-win game in week five. Looking back, by the way, I don't recall your projections, but I had them three and one losing at Kansas State. Now, in fairness, I thought they'd lose Baylor and Oklahoma State at home. I think that's different now. I I, I look at those as wins, but I saw a win at Kansas that I don't see now. I still have them at seven and five. I'm not going to waver off of that, no matter who's at quarterback or what's going on with the team. I still see seven and five, but I feel much more confident now that Baylor is a win. But how about you? Week five, a three and one Knights team. You're declaring it a must win. Well, I mean, you could argue it's one of the easier games on the schedule, like at home. Like I've said, you've got to protect your home field. If you want to be successful in the Big 12, protect the home field, Trace. Not in our house. We play on grass, not for clicks. Back in the house now, Grumpy Adam returns. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Before I get to the silly silly game. game. Yes. Yeah, before I get to that, though, Trace, let's talk more about the Sultry Spirit, shall we? Uh, if you're looking to add a touch of magic to your next event, the Sultry Spirit can take your party to that next level. Bartenders specialize in creative twists on classic cocktails, making every sip an unforgettable experience. They are a mobile bartending service for all of your needs, whether it's a wedding, corporate event, party, or tailgate, maybe first Big 12 game. You want to do something special with you and your friends. Maybe give the Sultry Spirit a try. You can find them on Instagram at the Sultry Spirit. Or pick up your telephone, dial 941-567-7062, and you'll be in touch with Miles, who is the proprietor of said Sultry Spirit and a fellow UCF alum, and he also writes some stuff for sonsucf.com. So if you want to take your party to the next level, Sultry Spirit's how you do that. When you call them, very important, tell them that you heard about them from Sons UCF around the kingdom, 10% off, and get this, friends, a special gift as well. You're not going to miss this. Again, at the Sultry Spirit, they'll take your party to the next level let's take this show to the next level gentlemen here we go i got i got multiple things today i got multiple choice fill in the blank true false i got i got everything in between so let's go multiple choice first here we go a couple of guys obviously did not play uh at uh, at kansas state some big names some captains as gus pointed out so here's the question i'll start with you eric if either of these two cannot play at baylor which one's the bigger loss ricky barber or alec holler who's the biggest loss if they can't play against baylor Ricky Barber. I mean, we need all the beef inside. We need pressure. We need the line. I think to me, it's no brainer. It's Ricky Barber. Give me the extra bodies. We talked, we heard about all this depth in the line. Where is it? Like, you know, we got to be better for that on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, definitely agree. Of those two, Ricky Barber uh, and Gus during his Monday presser, uh, you know, didn't tip much about the return of either of those guys, but, uh, Let's hope Ricky is uh, is back in that starting lineup against Baylor. Well, Ricky tried to go. Um, I think he played 13 total snaps and, and didn't didn't make it. Alec was on the f- uh, field for one snap was a blocking down, so we did not see a lot out of Alec Hall. All right, here we go. This one's a fill in the blank. Trace, I'll start with you. The player with the most to prove this week for UCF is blank. Mm, the player with the most to prove this week. I'm going to put it back on Timmy McClain, and I want to see his decision-making. 
Uh, he had the nice deep uh, passes, uh, and he's come in uh, as the backup quarterback, having to replace Sean Rice Plumley. A good tune-up game against Villanova. Goes to the tough road environment at Kansas State. But you're back home now, Timmy. You're going to be in a packed bounce house. Fans want to see a win. Going to need better decision-making. Timmy McLean, you're the starting quarterback. You've got to see you step up to your moment here. Can I call out a group, Adam? Like, sure. sure. I would say defensive line. I mean, how much hype have we heard about this group being maybe one of the best defensive lines they've had in a while? I spoke to Trey Neal recently. He felt this could be as good as 2017 with Pittman and company. To me, don't let Baylor push you around. To me, that's what I want to see. Prove to me you're not going to be pushed around every week. That's what I think to me has something to prove is the defensive line, that that hype was worth it. All right, final one, true or false. Trace, I know you were at the game, so you did not know this, but Eric, you probably did. As Colton Boomer lined up for that 52-yard field goal, our friends at FS1 decided to announce that he had not missed a field goal <laughs> other than that 64-yarder. So true or false, Eric? The announcer jinx is real. True or false? <laughs> oh, it's real. It's real. I trust me, broadcast. Trust me, it's in my head when I'm broadcasting. I'm aware there. That was never more nervous in 18 years of broadcasting sports than when Sarah Willis, UCF softball pitcher, was throwing a perfect game. I was nervous of what words were going to come out of my mouth because you knew if you said cer a certain things and she lost that perfect game, you would get blamed. So yes, I absolutely believe it. Nonsense, though, oh, what on. you wear and which couch you sit on and what cup you use. Those are all very important. But announcer jinxes, that's not real. How do you know? You've never been in the booth calling a game? Ooh. Oh, well. Oh, oh. yikes. Well, yeah, I'm going well, to leave we're you. We're pulling out resumes here, Elo. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I'm going to leave you hey. two gents to figure this out. It's good luck. Right. Aren't you, isn't that why you wear the Sons of Polo all the time for good luck? Not good luck, just consistency. Just consistency. Thank you, uh, Adam. Uh, around the Big 12, uh, where, where are you at on this? I, I haven't changed a position that after these first four weeks still feels like we're colliding to an Oklahoma-Texas conference championship game. But I think Kansas State showed that don't forget about them. Yeah, I agree. If, if Kansas State with Will Howard stays healthy, they could be the, the, the spoil there. Uh, I'm curious to see Kansas. Kansas is at Texas this week. I want to see if Kansas could score some points on Texas. But I agree with you. Right now we're headed for an OU-Texas collision. I think if OU and Texas take care of business this weekend, game day is going to be there in two weeks for the game in Dallas. Uh, I was impressed. I watched a little bit of Oklahoma. Granted, it's Cincinnati and Emory Jones. But we know Nipper could be tough there. Oklahoma to play good defense. And if Dylan Gabriel, you know, the sock guy, can make some throws in big games, which we don't know. We're going to find out in two weeks when he plays Texas. They could be really good, too. So, yeah, right now it's Texas and Oklahoma until somebody else uh, proves me otherwise. I think what we've also learned is that when UCF fans were saying, ah, oh, UCF's got to go on the road to Oklahoma, doesn't get Texas, doesn't get either one of them at home, and now you look at that schedule, and, boy, you like that home schedule. Baylor reeling. This is an opportunity for the Big 12 for UCF to deliver that knockout punch to Baylor and give them no hope uh, down the second half of the, the season. And Oklahoma State, all kinds of problems. Can't decide on a quarterback. You mentioned the injury. By the way, disclaimer, spoke with some fans prior to the Villanova game. Guy, great guy, says to me, so you do this UCF podcast, but you're a Texas Tech alum? No, I am not a Texas. Wait, but Eric Lopez calls you Red Raider. Yeah, yeah, he does. It's, we, need to, we need to tamp that down. But 
uh, Texas well, I'm Tech. The, hey, I'm not the one that guaranteed a, a, a loss. I'm not changing. The, I'm not changing day. that. I'm staying with it. I'm going down with it now. They're going to win or they're going to lose in Lubbock. I'm right, or I'm going to have to live with it for a while. So I'm staying with it. Uh, but they have had uh, some bad losses, yeah. and now without their quarterback. So opportunity for UCF. I'm not ready to declare the Baylor game as you have a must win. But you see that opportunity to get that home win. Got to protect the home turf and the way the Big 12 teams are settling out. By the way, not the most dominant conference uh, in all of college football no, in the early not. part of the season. Only has three teams ranked in the top 25. Kansas State barely ranked. Uh, there's oper- That's why I think they can win eight, nine games. I think they got a favorable schedule, all things considered, in the Big 12. You avoid Texas, who's probably the best team in the league. You do get Oklahoma, but you don't have to go to Provo, for example, to play BYU like some of the other schools. I think there's opportunity there. And the reason why I think it's a must-win for Baylor, Trace, if you lose the Baylor game, you're 0-2 going to Kansas, then you got Oklahoma. It could get to 0-4 real fast, real fast. So that's why I think it's a must-win. You stop the bleeding, get some confidence at home with your, your home people. Boom. I can we'll see, see the countdown. Boom. Oh, well, speaking uh football, got a lot of attention this week. But there was another football getting a lot of attention. That's men's soccer. Now, they dropped the one nothing wild finish at Marshall. one nothing. But they're number two in the RPI that was released on Monday, the highest for any UCF sports team ever. Meanwhile, Kansas, uh, UCF women's soccer picks up a win over Kansas to improve the 3-0. and on Sunday with a penalty kick in the last five minutes of the match. And then volleyball opens 2-0 at Cincinnati. Trace, uh, what's your catches your eye about the Olympic sports? I'm going to name all three of them with a strong start and transition to their new leagues. Big 12 Sunbelt for the men. Congratulations to them. Tough to lose on the road, but respect for the UCF program up to two in the RPI. Uh, they'll probably tumble a spot or two in the polls with that loss at Marshall. But also credit Women's soccer, volleyball, they're taking care of business early. Maybe there's a little bit softer part of the schedule. It's going to get a little bit harder, especially for volleyball. But win the games you're supposed to, and then let's see how things shake out. So credit, especially with the transition on volleyball, Todd Dashnate and Jenny Maurer, McKenna Melville having moved on. They're gelling as a team. Going to be interesting to see these teams as they really get into the heart of their conference schedules. Agreed. Women's soccer, by the way, 23 in the RPI that was released Monday. That's very good. Top 16 host. They'll be in the mix for that. Everything's in front of them as far as the Big 12 championship is concerned. You mentioned the second half schedule. Volleyball inside the top 30 as well in RPI. That's good. Again, now their schedule is going to get way tougher as we get later in volleyball. But there's a chance, Trace, only two times ever as UCF women's soccer, men's soccer, and volleyball all made the NCAA tournament in the same year. That happened in 2002 and in 2003. Not saying that's going to happen here, but at least the three schools have put themselves in position. And you mentioned men's soccer. The the significance of that top two RPI. Top 16, you get a buy, you get a host. Top, And then if you're a top eight seed, you get to host through the sweet 16. If you're a top four seed, you get to host all the way up until the college cup. Keep that in mind as men's soccer goes. They got to go to Kentucky this week. But they've got a chance to get a high national seed and make a run for the national title in the College Cup, which has never happened in the men's soccer program. And you know what? Credit to students and fans for turning out for these early conference games for all three of these sports. Uh, You know, there's a big game feel. Uh, Maybe it's just the newness of being in these leagues. We all know the significance of the, the change out of the American, but 
you feel this. You, it, it's just a level of excitement more for these uh, sports, uh, and they're off to a good start. So uh, looking forward to seeing what they do next. It, yeah. It's very interesting, though, with the RPI and their, their place in the polls. They're making a name for themselves early. Uh, welcome to their leagues, uh, UCF. One more real quick. I watched the Marshall match. I know you weren't. You were busy working. Over 3,000 fans in Marshall. Beautiful facility there. Looked like an English Premier League type of a stadium. Reminded me, Trace, we got a lot of work to do as far as facilities concerned over here. This is true. Let's welcome back in. Adam, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Give us some facts. All right, here we go. Uh, Elo, I think you pronounced it Darren Sproils. It's Darren Sproles. I think you you combined Sproles and Spoils together. DJ <laughs> Giddens, the running back, 293 all-purpose yards, 207 of those on the ground. You mentioned us not being able to stop K-State, 9 of 15 on third down, 1 of 2 on fourth down. Uh, Eric, uh, FS1, I don't know why you don't know this already, why it's not burned into your memory. It's Devin Gardner. That is the, uh, the, the the color analyst on FS1. Also, Eric, I hate to do this to you. Sorry, buddy. It's not sock guy. It's sock boy. Get it right. Not sock guy. It's it's sock boy. <laughs> and an important update. I did some research. Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. Here are some potential nicknames. Trailer, Tavis, and Swelsey. Those are your options for the power couple nicknames. Swelsey. Well, Trey should have a word on that. He got them together. I was <laughs> hanging out in Kansas there. Swellsy. All right. Thank you, Adam. One more thing before we let you go. Family weekend, Elo versus Baylor. That means the Big 12 is bringing DJ Pauly D to UCF, part of their aim of enhancing the pregame tailgating experience. There are going to be giveaways. There's supposed to be a flyover. I'm hitting you with this cold. What's Pauly D most famous for? Besides DJ. If we learned on the last episode of Around the Kingdom, Adam's the expert when it comes to DJing and, and rap lyrics. I'm not. So maybe he could answer it better. I don't know. I don't know. He's famous for the show Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. Jersey Shore. Hey, yeah. what did I say? Adam's the expert. Uh, I think we three may be out of the target demo for DJ Pauly D. Slightly a little bit. Slightly a little uh, bit. This weekend. Uh, enjoy Baylor and UCF and uh, Eric. I have enjoyed uh, tangling with That's you. Right. Thank you everyone for uh, watching around the kingdom. New episodes drop midweek every week on the sons of UCF YouTube channel and later on the audio feed as well for Adam Eaton and Eric Lopez. I'm Trace Trollco. Go Knights. And thanks for watching around the kingdom. Podcast Network.